This is Inside Purple and Gold. Is there anyone else, Tom? Like when you look at, like I just had the over the cap in front of me. Like okay, and I have spot track. We're we're covered. Perfect. So, you, like, you look at, you know, the payroll coming up. There's obvious names out there. Um, I'll throw one out before we we get into like who to cut, who to trade. Like they're just gonna they're gonna restructure Brian O'Neill. He he makes his cap at number's nineteen this yeah. year. He's one of, if not the best, right tackle in the league. They're going to find a way to lower that cap hit while giving themselves more years of Brian O'Neill in the process. Again, like we talked about with Kirk Cousins, in order to lower a cap hit, you basically have to give a guy an extra year and and, and give them more guaranteed money up front. So the Vikings are going to do that. That's probably going to free up some money. Um, get his cap to hit down from 19 to, I don't even know, we'll call it 10. Um, but that could save you some money right away with a player that you're going to keep on your roster that makes sense to to extend. Um, Brian O'Neill is is still in the very early stages of his career as far as I'm concerned. So that one makes sense, and that's not like in the same vein as what we're about to discuss of like hard decisions you have to make. Um, because there are some people that you're not going to restructure. You're not going to kick the can down the road. You've been doing that for the last five years. There are some people you're going to have to cut this year, or you're going to have to trade, or you're going to have to move on from. Mm -hmm. Um, Any of those stand out to you right now? Yeah, so you read about Anil, and that's also kind of the Justin Jefferson principle. He's not as important as Justin Jefferson, but he's good enough at his position. He can kind of pay the premium, right? I mean, I'm curious with, you know, we know Zadarius Smith, I think his – there's voids in his contract. Now this is one of those things where you actually have to get into like the capology of this. Cause these contracts are yeah. complicated. Um, but I would keep Zadarius Smith. You just have to figure out what that number is given his injury history. Yep. Harrison Smith's an interesting one because he's so old, like he's old relative for a football player. Like I, you could see signs of decline. I'm willing to believe some of this is not a tell using him incorrectly, yep. right? He should have been near the scrimmage. He should have been used in blitzes. He's not the player he was at 27. I don't think he's cooked by any means, um, but that's another, like they may look at something with Harrison Smith. The problem is you don't really, O'Neal, you, you're fine extending in terms of just like his prime and all this stuff, right? Like Harrison Smith, you got to be careful with the guy who's like getting into his thirties at the safety position. Mm-hmm. I'm in the, like, let's talk about Dalvin Cook realm right i mean i think some people see him as really special he was an x factor in the sense that like when he could rip off an 80 yard run in buffalo it, it mattered a lot right it was it didn't matter as much as the miracle catch or whatever from justin jefferson but it was a, a you know an important play and he was i think the screen against indianapolis tied the game that they eventually won right this yes. historic yep. victory so i'm not discounting his athleticism or the fact that you can use him in the passing game i think it's more I don't think Kwesi signs him to that extension. You know what I mean? The 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 one he signed a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to see running back as like a lot of people do. We can kind of save at the position. We can we can have multiple kind of Alexander Madison ish players, right? Um, I'm curious, like if Kenny will ever they'll ever use him there, right? He's this good yeah. returner. I, again, I don't think he runs right, routes well, and I don't know how he sees the field. Madison's big issue is he actually doesn't see the field very well, like Cook does. Um, but I think they think they, I think they're going to try to get by with multiple running backs. I think it's tough given like Cook still has something in there, right? But I also don't, I just don't see how the Wall Street guy, right, the the guy who thinks kind of that literally signs him right it's the super scout it's the it's the spielman who goes man we drafted this guy and he's really good and how the hell do we let him go and so Mm -hmm. i mean that's 
that's I don't know if you have anything more on Cook, but that's an obvious one to me. It, it he he feels like someone. I think he has the fourth highest cap hit in the league for running backs. Yeah. And yes, I think Quasey is smart enough to understand like running backs don't drive winning in a way that they should take up that much of your cap. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you just look at some of the contracts, you know, the comparables, if we're looking at cap number, um, I'm again, I'm looking at over the cap cap number. Dalvin's is right around 14. Daniels is 13. Darius is 15. Like both of those guys as pass rushers drive winning more than the running back. Position. Yep. And, I, and I think yep. Quasey understands that. Um, th- I'm not trying to, I don't want to downgrade Dalvin Cook's impact because he, he was a good player. He was a good offensive weapon for the Vikings over the course of the last five years, but running backs are replaceable in the league. The, the Chiefs and and they're the standard because they have Patrick Mahomes. But the Chiefs just won a Super Bowl with with Isaiah Pacheco. He's a seventh round pick out of out of Rutgers. So there are ways to get production out of that position without paying primo dollar for it. Um, because of that, I, I think Dalvin Cook is someone the Vikings take a long hard look at in the mirror this week or this this off season. I think they just should have cut him. I think you can save enough yeah. money and justify the dead cap moving forward by cutting him. Um, it doesn't mean he was, he wasn't a good player for the Vikings. It's just like, these are some of the things that have to happen. Um, you know, when you're kind of reckoning with, with the cap. Yeah. It's 6.2 million dead cap. I, I, I mean, the other, we we're talking about like the other one to think about is stealing. Again, I, I do think you have to think through like how this affects fans and that, Again, he you shouldn't pay him whatever just because he walked on the team and the, the whole yeah. backstory. I do think if you're cutting a cook, you have to convince Cousins there's enough there. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's stealing or they're convinced like KJ Osborne's the receiver three that Hawkinson's that dynamic. They're paying him obviously that Justin Jefferson's that dynamic. And I think you know if you're if I really think the purpose of the running back aside from chewing clock and management is um, is play action. That's just Cousins's unlike many quarterbacks in the league now under center and his shot plays usually come from, um, from play action. There's a lot of studies. And again, you have to be like careful because I do think actually anecdotes and you should talk to, you know, coaches about this stuff, but the studies show like you just actually just have to run the play action that enough players just bite on it just because it's kind of the reaction to seeing a ball hovering near a running back, right. Um, on a handoff. And like, if that's really the purpose of it, right. And you're not, you're not counting on like chunk yardage from your running back there's a lot of different running backs that mm-hmm. serve that purpose. Right. So um, I also think O'Connell, I don't know if he'll do this. I think he'd be smart to bring in a coach who really knows the running game. Right. Because that's, that's kind of the hack, right. That Shanahan found is like, you can have wh- whoever, cause he just knows how to scheme up something when it matters most or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, but yes, you, I mean, this is why like kind of the feeling discussion matters and the Hawkinson one does the Hawkinson in the sense you have to be right about him. I think they will. I'm bought in. I think Hawkinson's the real deal. I also think he'll get better. He'll be in camp. Like he'll be fully integrated with the team. Um, and conversely, I think you need a third option, right? Cause I don't know if like, they might just not have a receiver too, to be honest, which is a scary proposition, but I don't know if your tight end can be that. I yeah. I can be convinced otherwise. I guess you could say Travis Kelsey and, and maybe Hawkinson's in that realm, right? But like, I just in my mind, you have to have enough there where you're telling Cousins, hey, we're taking away a dynamic player in the backfield, but you have enough in front of you, right? As you look out into the field that it shouldn't matter. Yeah. Only um, other name on this list, and, and I think they're going to restructure Thielen. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I think at the end of the day, like 
the Vikings understand and Thielen understands that he cannot play at a $19 million cap hit this year. And yeah, I think Th- yeah. Thielen as proud of a player as he is. Um, obviously his wife went on Instagram and mm-hmm. wrote some goodbye messages and that started a fire that I think has since been put out. But as much as Thielen wants to be a focal point of the offense, I think he understands at the end of the day, like, he isn't the player he used to be, and he's not going to get a like this huge exorbitant contract out in the mm-hmm. open market if 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 he forces his way out of town. So I think they come to an agreement at some point. I don't think it's necessarily like I think he'll probably be overpaid in the sense of production next year with what his mm-hmm. cap hit's going to carry, but that's just kind of the nature of the beast. I think they're going to find a way to save money there. I kind of think the same way with Harrison Smith. I think they're going to cut Eric Kendricks. It just makes too much sense. There's like zero, there's yeah. like a million dollars of dead money. Um, and Eric Kendricks yeah, is great. Yep. He's like one of he, – he's been a great person to cover. He's obviously been a great player for the Vikings. Um, he's done a lot of good both on and off the field. But it's just a business decision at the end of the day, right? Like $1.9 million of dead cap saves you basically $9.5, almost $10 million by just cutting it, by just saying like, that's it. See you later. And you yeah. have someone in Brian Asamoa who I think people are intrigued how he's going to look in the Brian Flores system. Um, it, it's going to be a hard thing to do. Like he has been the face of the defense for a long time. Um, but I have no idea how Eric Kendricks gets to this off season without, uh, and is still on the roster. Yeah. I, this one sucks. Cause I I'm with you. Like I just, Kendrick's the dude. He, I mean, he thinks the mile a minute. Sometimes it takes him a second to figure yeah. out where he's going, but like yeah. he is, he is, I thought about this when Flores and obviously Flores was dodging a question a little bit, but like he was, uh, one of the writers asked him like, what kind of player are you looking for? And obviously this is like a, how much of this old core are you um, going to inherit? How much of like, I know we can't say like a Donatel player, but right. Like the, the Vic Fangio player, right. How many yeah. of those guys really apply to your defense? Cause this is Flores is actually like a whole different animal from, from Zimmer and, and um, uh, from Fangio. And like, He's like, I want players who play with joy. And he kind of emphasized that, I think, in two different responses. And, like, I can't think of anyone who embodies that more than Eric Kendricks. Like, he just – he's almost like – and I don't mean this in a bad way. It's like he has, like, this childish joy about playing football. You see him come out of the tunnel, and he's, like, dancing around. And, like, you see him in the huddle. He's just – again, he's, like, he's full of energy and, like, you know, Mm -hmm. truly loves it. And he is not far removed from, like, spectacular plays. He had, like – trying to remember who it is against he kind of like came out of nowhere and had a one-handed catch i think this was like two years ago i remember him riding out on ben roethlisberger trying to sack him right and like yeah. it was big ben who you know even a limited player at the end of his career was hard to tackle especially for someone kendrick's size and him i asked him afterwards about it and he's like oh yeah i love ben roethlisberger he had like this visor this, you know, and his tinted visor it was tight just like, <laughs> yeah, the joy that he exudes right yes it's just it's very much him and like I, I do think you lose a little bit of like the soul of defense if you if you cut him. There is something about like having that guy in the locker room. Um, I felt that way about Anthony Barr, who they, you know, they played together at U- UCLA. Very different personalities, but kind of, you know, like Barr being stoic and kind of in control, right? And Kendricks being this kind of energizer, right, that these mm-hmm. guys feed off of. Um, I do think he ends up getting cut. I wrote about this, how weird it's going to be that like, 
if you're four is you have to gauge like what kind of personalities do I want in the locker room? I do think that matters and how much skill, right? You talk about yeah. crazy. You said something about the championship threshold and it just, it is hard to ignore that Kendricks who was like light. I mean, I think Asimov was like super fast, even compared to like other players at his position, but like Kendricks was like kind of lightning fast at one point, again, kind of all over the field. He did look plotting compared to Asimov and maybe it's just unfair to compare like players of those ages or whatever but and that's and that is to me asimov's core strength right is that like he can be somewhere in a minute right jordan hicks looked looked uh um slow compared to him too but like i do think you're right and i do think like this is we're just getting to that time right where like eventually Thielen's going to age out kendrick's might be there at some point harrison smith's going to hit that and this is just the changing the tide right and like in some ways, it lasted longer than it could have, right? Quasi could have mm-hmm. come in and said, see ya. Um, and, and instead, you know, has, has just added to it. But I do think something's lost, man. I think they lost something when they lost Anthony Barr last year. And I do think, like, there's something. And having said that, it makes complete logical sense. Like, minimal dead cap. <clears throat> he is slowing down. And a lot of Kendrick's game, he's a smart player. But, like, it's predicated on raw athleticism and this energy. And, again, it just sucks in terms of, like, I can't think of someone better for like younger players to be around because they should enjoy the game like Eric Kendricks does. And like, um, yeah, it's weird. I mean, this is just, this is happening in real time, right? The transition right. is happening and it will happen more rapidly as, you know, Quasi and O'Connell continue to take over. Yeah. Once March rolls around, like all of these theories that we have will be fact, like, right. Like, I, I think it's going to just be a fact at some point that Eric Kendricks is no longer a member of the Minnesota Vikings. I, I think if you're the front office and you're looking at Eric Kendricks as a, as a specific, do we cut this guy? All you got to do is look at the playoff game and Brian Dable and Mike Kafka, like isolated Eric Kendricks against Saquon Barkley and said, yeah. make the play, tackle him. We're going to throw it to in space. It's one versus one versus one on all these, these guys. And it's Kendricks versus Barkley. And we don't think Kendricks can tackle Barkley. And most of the time they were right. And again, it's not a knock on Eric Kendricks. Like a lot, there's a lot of things that went into that game and Donatello's not putting guys in the best position, not mm-hmm. pressuring and not switching up the defense and, and continuing to play the soft shell coverage. But it's just, it's the fact of the matter when, once you get to this part of, of an NFL career, like they're just not what they used to be. They can't do the same things they used to be able to do. Maybe Eric Kendricks can reinvent himself and, and and still stay in the league because, like you said, he's he's 31 and he plays with this sense of joy that I, I think is pretty hard yeah. to replace and, and, and pretty hard to fake. Um, he's someone I think could figure it out, could like find a way to latch on at some place with maybe a contender, um, take a lesser role on the defense. But right now, the Vikings need a face like need him to be the face of the defense, the star of the defense, and he's not that anymore. So. I actually didn't yeah. think Eric Kendricks was going to be the one who we talked the most about in this, but like, it, it makes sense. Like he's like of all the guys that could be cut this, this year, I think he's most likely. And I also think he, he was such a big player for this franchise for so long. If I'm his agent, I go like, give him a year outside of Donatel. I mean, that's kind of the argument I guess I would make yeah. is like, you know, could, could he, uh, but you're going to have to start making these tough decisions i mean it yeah. just kind of is the it's the nature of the nfl not for long all that stuff um it's also just you do have like it's a tight cap you know what i mean it's it's yeah, like it's for how much the, the money the uh the league makes and it's 
in part because the quarterbacks occupy so much. But, you know, you just – it is not I, – I can't imagine someone in that building dislikes him. I, I could be wrong, but yeah. you know what I mean? That's that's also the nature of just, like, you have to make business decisions. I obviously would hate to see it, but I also totally understand why they would do it. And, like um, – and having said that, then it's time for not only – you talk about, like, Lewis Seen and Booth and Asamoah and uh, Caleb Evans actually is a guy who has, like, a – great personality right it's mm-hmm. it's not quite kendrick's but it's kind of akin to it um but it's time for them then to step up right you talking about yeah, fast no big hitting players um got to get healthy got to get on the field no, learn football but part of it too is you have to be the especially on defense i think you kind of need characters um yeah and so you know it's we're probably going to learn a lot more about them too as as time goes on yeah all right well that's all we got for this episode of inside purple and gold I mean, we have a ton more to talk about there. Like there's so many moving parts of this off season. So we'll check back in either later this week or early next week. Um, we're going to hunker down for this snowstorm. So maybe we'll just, maybe we'll have nothing to do Tom on Thursday and we'll want to hop in and just kind of talk about this. Maybe we'll just do a weather podcast, but you know, bring on a meteorologist, um, talk about, you know, how long can we expect to be snowed in? Um, yeah. But that's all we got for today on Inside Purple and Gold. For Tom Schreier, I'm Dane Mizutani. Thank you for listening. Uh, We will talk to you next time.